Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Hi and welcome to Creative Matters Podcast. This is episode 44. Thank you for joining me. Today I'm delighted to be talking to Sarah Barton-Hills. Sarah is a painter and photographer based in Auckland, New Zealand. As a girl, Sarah was drawn to pattern, colour and texture. She constantly drew, sculpted, photographed, sewed and created with fabric to express her deep fascination with these elements, inspired by her New Zealand bush-clad Waitakere surroundings. Through her career in fashion and textile design, retail, visual merchandising and interiors, she has honed her eye for detail, layout, design and colour. As her children have become more independent, Sarah has returned to her love of art, primarily embracing her painting and photography practices. Sarah's still-life portrait and landscape paintings are rich and gorgeous and full of joy. Her appreciation for nature, texture, colour and light are revealed in her vibrant, tactile pieces. In this episode, we discuss how beautiful as well as traumatic experiences have informed her creative perspective on life and how she managed to finally devote herself to a full-time art practice. I love talking to Sarah and I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing her touching story. You can see images of Sarah's beautiful paintings and some of her photographs on our blog at creativematters.co.nz and also check out her website sarahbartonhills.com. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you very much for coming and welcome to Creative Matters. You're very welcome. I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you. And it's um, yeah, it has taken some time with COVID and other <laughs> distractions, but you're here and uh, yeah, can't wait to hear your story. Yeah, it has. It's taken some time, but yeah, good to be here. Here we are. <laughs> so, Sarah, you describe yourself as a shower singer, camera-wielding walker, mama, travel lover, water baby from way back. And you think of yourself as someone who is inspired by everything. Uh, yes, <laughs> indeed, yeah. that is true. Yeah. So, um, you're going to have a very interesting story, I'm sure. So, can we go back to the beginning and you tell us something about your childhood? Yeah, sure. So, I grew up in Titarangi in the Waitakere's in Auckland, and um, with my mum and dad, I was an only child. Um, we had a great network of uh, creative friends. We were part of the Titarangi Folk Club, and um, just the environment up there was. Super creative, really. Um, we had clay banks at the end of the road, horse paddocks, um, you know, matchbox cars. We were <laughs> free, free range kids. You know, it was the the neighbour had the the neighbour's parents had the dinner bell, and um, we would all hear it from you know a kilometre away <laughs> and get back on our bikes and come up the hill from um, making dirt tracks in the clay down by the horses. So it was a really great upbringing, um, and. Uh, my parents really uh, loved 
they really just immerse themselves in that creative um, environment. My mum painted, but just kind of uh, for pleasure, really, not not for any other purpose. But she was an incredible sewer. Um, and uh, my my dad uh, took photographs just as a, um, a hobby, but we were always um, I was always dragged from pillar to post. Actually, when we were on holiday, um, going to different pottery um, shops or galleries along the way, and I was that kid at the Fl- uh, Fletcher Challenge Ceramic Awards, sitting on the plinths, endless hours. God, I don't know what I was doing. We didn't have phones, <laughs> didn't have an iPad, um, gazing around um, while they chose their one special piece that they could try and afford for the year um, from that. So that would be a, a full Sunday afternoon mm. <laughs> feast for them and complete boredom for me. But I think it obviously rubbed off because um, as I grew up, that was really uh where my direction took me mm-hmm. and you just had that sort of love of of art I guess yeah. that was instilled in your family yeah and I guess it was really um part of me anyway um, my grand my grandmother my mum's side had been a um, a painter as well she painted um on ceramic plates which we've still got a large number of beautiful beautiful uh, floral pieces and some landscapes on tiles and things like that and um, yeah just thinking um, back I, I do remember very early on at school even I remember a particular um, we had some sort of uh, gardening competition in the first year of primary school and I um, <laughs> I always kind of I guess my parents um, you know it was the 70s and they were kind of out of the box thinkers they'd left central Auckland and gone off to the Waitakere's where it was gravel roads at the at the time, and just trying to get away from the the craziness um, and and just do their own thing. And I, <laughs> we were told to come in with some creation that we would make on the day, and I um, decided to pull a um, a head off one of my baby dolls. <laughs> And I plonked it in some soil and decorated the soil with flowers, pansies and whatnot. Wow. Um, and won first prize. Really? <laughs> I was five. How amazing. And that was the doll's head. In, yeah, the doll's head, bald doll's head, you know, baby doll with moving arms and legs, but wow. not much else. It's um, quite a contemporary installation, isn't <laughs> yeah. it, really, when you think about it? Yeah. Yes, I remember um, my mum teaching me to sew really early on. I think around the same time I made my first skirt, which was literally a piece of gorgeous black, green and white. I remember it so well, tropical fabric. And I made this skirt, which literally consisted of a piece of fabric and a button and a buttonhole. I was very, very (laughs) proud. Um, (laughs) But my mum really led me um, into that kind of creative realm. I was always following her around, waiting for her to finish some leatherworks class or um, pottery class or something um so I guess it was always going to be in my life whether it was going to be as a career or or not um when I was nine my mum died so that um was obviously really difficult and then it was just dad and I but um you know what she gave to us really stayed with us and they were very much in love so um you know, we held on tightly to that. Mm. We were a tight little unit of two. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's really sad, isn't it? Yeah. But, yes. I mean, it's it's beautiful that she's been able to give you so much of her 
yeah. you know, through she, that you're kind of living a life Absolutely. that she's kind of guided you on at the beginning. Absolutely. And what she really um, gave me from that was being able to then dive into the creative stuff as a way to um, cope. Yeah. That loss. And um, I really did. Um, yeah, I, I was really, really, really threw myself into it. Um, at primary school, I got the opportunity to do a beautiful mural with um, three other, um, yeah, five um, kids. And we did it on one of the inside walls of one of our buildings. Um, it was Rangi and Papa, this beautiful, I think it's about four meter long mural. We all just took a, a spot and created that. And yeah, I just had a lot of opportunities um, or created opportunities for myself to to you know bring that forward and really express myself and I would just spend hours and hours um drawing and um mostly drawing at the time um my dad worked for a paper company BJ Ball um which was taken up by Fletcher Challenge I think and Mm. um so I had reams and reams of beautiful, beautiful acid-free papers and cardboards. and mm, What just, a dream. It was a dream. It was a dream. Um, I remember at intermediate school, I um, I was, uh, well, yeah, this come, reads into something else too, which is um, later discovering in life that I've got dyslexia. Um, at the time when I was 11, I was in remedial reading at intermediate and we had to they said, okay, go away and decorate the front cover of this folder. Here's your folder. Take it home, decorate it, bring it back in a couple of weeks, and we'll give a crunchy bar to the best prize. Well, it's like, you know, I was uh, going to get that crunchy bar <laughs> a little high water. So um, I had this beautiful calendar I'd been given that year um, by some one of our family friends. And one particular page had a beautiful little bunny rabbit on it, and it was amongst daisies or something and that took my fancy so I commenced drawing it took my folder into school and um they promptly started accusing me of well how did you get this on here how did you copy this did you trace it no she kind of traced it bring us in the original we need you know so instead of um actually celebrating yeah yeah I got accused of actually somehow tracing it onto this folder which is quite a thick manila folder really (laughs) but eventually they had to give me the crunchy bar oh wow (laughs) so it became a slight interrogation initially just a little bit oh how strange (laughs) but yeah obviously weren't used to that kind of talent at that age so all this creativity, Sarah, um, did it kind of travel into your high school years? Yeah, it absolutely did. I mean, parents back then were pretty hands-off, but I think somehow secretly my dad made sure I was in the art room for my form class. We I went to um, Green Bay High School and we had vertical forms for our classes. So they were spread all amongst the school. I was literally in the art room for my form class. So I almost lived in that room from there on in. Um, I don't remember much of the earlier years. I think there's just a lot of drawing going on, maybe some printmaking. But um, coming into sixth and seventh form, year 12 and 13, as they call it now, um, we had a changeover of art teachers and these two women were friends actually and um oh my gosh they were incredible they were so inspiring and they really picked up on they were quite intuitive with their students and they could see the ones that were really passionate I remember um one of them um (laughs) literally slapping down this enormous book in front of me one day I must have been slow to pack up or something and 
she, you know, she used that opportunity and um, it was Diego Rivera, yeah. <laughs> this enormous book, and I was allowed to take it home and it just completely, I was there again. I was like, oh, this is, yeah, wow, amazing. And mm. then obviously Frida Kahlo from that and um, just went down a complete rabbit warren. Um, yeah, by the end of, like by, you know, early in seventh form, I was, um, they they literally gave me keys to the art room. So I was there between eight and three um, when I wasn't in my other classes, really. Mm, and how great. Just and that. isn't it amazing? You know, so many people I've spoken to have spoken about their art teachers, <coughs> you know, and it's, I mean, teachers in general can, can be such a massive influence yeah, on kids. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the art teacher where you find that happy place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Adele Kennedy was one of them. And I'd love to hear from her if she's if you're out there, Adele, because she was just incredible. Yeah. We ended up being very good friends. And um, you can't do this these days, but we would often be around at her place. Really? <laughs> you know, on the weekend, just um, just hanging out as a group. It was amazing. Mm. Just, just being creative and talking about creative things and artists and oh, wow. being immersed in it. Yeah, that's incredible, incredible isn't it? Well, she yeah. obviously went the extra mile. Yeah, she really did. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's so special. And yeah. lovely for you as, you know, somebody who lost their mum at nine yeah. to have that sort of safe place Absolutely. where you could really express yourself. And your dad obviously could see that's what you needed yes. and encouraged that. Yes, yeah, I was very lucky. Which very, is so very nice. lucky. Yeah. 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 Special. Yeah. So what was your plan at the end of high school? Yeah, well, I guess um I mentioned the dyslexia before and um I I kind of I was very shy. Um so I really and also just didn't think I was capable of many things. And I guess I just I'd wanted to be an architect actually, but I just didn't think I had the math skills. So I went off to um, AUT. I, um, I they pushed me hard to to apply for Elam, and um, I actually was uh, lucky enough to to partake in an exhibition that a, a um, uh, an art gallery opened for a while in High Street for young emerging artists and they put all the bursary portfolios in with the top ones from the country and I was lucky enough to be um, in that exhibition and from that I had two patrons come forward, two separate people who wanted to put me through art school. Oh my gosh. Which was very exciting. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. An amazing moment. Um, but the funny thing was that my year 13 portfolio was so attached to it because even though I loved art, I, in cement form, I um, didn't, I went in kind of not really being able to paint. I was good at drawing, but um, I had to really, really learn to paint that year. And so the portfolio was a real labour of love. As I said, I was in there a lot, um, but I was really learning on the job. Um, and I was, the condition was with these um, with these patrons that they wanted my portfolio and I wasn't willing to give it up. I was super attached. I'd put my heart and soul into that work mm. and I couldn't sell it <laughs> wow I did sell a, um uh one of the um one of the drawings to a, a dean at the school which is really a buzz but I just couldn't part with my whole portfolio yeah, in fact I've still got it that's so <laughs> it's great a because yeah. I just I pull it out every now and then because it mm. makes me just kind of look at you know especially sometimes in art it's so um up and down 
whether you're in immersed in as a professional practice or just for yourself, and you might just think you're rubbish and screw up work and throw it in the bin or take it off the the um, canvas or, you know, um, it's good to have those moments when you can go, hey. Mm-hmm. I accomplished something, mm. um, whether it's for other people or not. So, mm. yeah. And that's where you started. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's and, interesting, isn't mm. it? That they wanted the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Shame that you couldn't just paint them a painting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I did you go to Elam? No, no, I didn't. I was also very stubborn and pragmatic. And I was really wanting to make sure that I wasn't um, a starving artist. I wanted to be able to stand on my two feet I wanted to be some sort of, you know, businesswoman and make it big. I don't know quite why and when and how um, how I was going to do that. And then it kind of transitioned into, well, I'm going to do something creative, but I'm going to go to AUT and be, you know, really practical about this. Um, so I went uh, and I did three courses at AUT. I decided not to do – I did get into the graphic design degree and the, the fashion design degree, but on all counts kind of decided to – just do bits and pieces. So I did um, the six-month-long um, textile design course um, first, which was just absolutely fantastic. I remember I tutored Jane Clarkson there, who was very um, encouraging, and um, that was amazing. We had great opportunities there too. Um, I um, won a competition with four other artists to have our uh, – we had to make these giant uh, wall hangings four metres long, and – we uh, they were then hung in the foyer of the um, design and art department for that year, so um, that was a really neat mm. um, accomplishment at the time. Yeah, um, I then um, took a break for six months. I just thought I'll try and just be creative in my own little bubble, which was really tricky. I think as a young person, to I spent a lot of time at the art gallery <laughs> of of, um, of the Auckland Art Gallery um, at that time. Just kind of tricky to find your way. So I then went back and did. Um, uh, what did I do? Fa- uh, I did the foundations in art and design. Um, we did so many different things, and that that was a year long course. And then off into the fashion department, which equally I loved, mm. and discovered oddly that I could do maths, <laughs> but on a, a more a much more. Um, practical level mm. than what they kind of expect you in the second half of yeah. high school. Yeah, it made more sense. It did. It made a brain. lot of sense and yeah. I loved it. Um, pattern making and, yeah. and um, measuring measuring and grading and all of that. So, um, yeah, I went uh, from that. I um, got a job in the fashion industry, a, a little um, company called Limbrick Fashions down in Newland and was very lucky to get that job and I was in the design department as a design assistant for a, a couple of years there. Um, then went on to work for State of Grace and that was an amazing opportunity um, as their production manager. Wow. Um, and then my dad died. <laughs> so that, you know, well, that was kind of my worst nightmare mm. in actual fact. And that was age um, 23. Yeah, age 23. So that threw life into chaos Again, um, yeah, after about six months, I decided that oh, I just can't really do normal life. Mm. <laughs> so I went overseas with some friends and we travelled through Asia and Nepal and ended up in London um, and then did some more travelling there. My partner um, came over and we we travelled around Europe in a, in a beautiful little um, van that we called Marmalade, a V-dub. Wow. <laughs> we do at the time. How good. Around. And that's that's a good response to such a tragic it event. It was, actually. To get away. Yeah, and it wasn't you kind of live it up 
um, experience. Obviously, there were moments of that, but it was more of a, I mean, I really take my hat off to my partner who I'm, I'm still with him now and um, we've been together since the end of high school off and on, but Gosh, mostly on. It's how a amazing. Break. Um, well done. Congratulations. Yeah. That's <laughs> a big you. achievement. That is a really good achievement. Yeah. Um, he's solid as a rock, that man. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, he really let me work my work through that. Um, after a while, we came back to New Zealand, and he got a job uh, in Wellington. So we moved down there, and we spent a couple of years in Wellington. And that's when I set up. Um, I just kind of wanted to come back and do something. It's like, what would Dad want me to do? Mm. So I um, decided that I really did love um, fabric design and screen printing. So I launched myself into that and threw myself into it, really, um, and uh, just spent all my time um, taking photos of botanicals and transferring them onto screens and then screen printing them onto fabric, which I would then make into bed linen, mostly. Gorgeous. Yeah, uh, and that was your own business. It was, yeah, completely from scratch. Wow. Yeah. And did you know anything about running a business nothing, at that time? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't have a God. Did I even have a computer? <laughs> um, I did. Maybe I did. Maybe I had a very, very. I didn't even know how to use Excel. <laughs> mm, really? Yeah, I think I did most of that stuff on paper. Um, and you just started incredible. with the with the creativity. Just started with the creativity. I was working from a um, a, a garage, <laughs> um, which is absolutely freezing, as you can imagine, in Wellington on the south side in winter. And um, and yeah, and then I ended up in a beautiful butcher's shop um, and with north-facing light pouring in and um, down near La- in Lyle Bay. Mm, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just, yeah, I just loved that. I um, ended up with a, a beautiful mentor in Auckland through a, um, my mother-in-law's friend and she um, got me in touch with this lady who really encouraged me and made sure I had publicity and so, you know, got me into Next Magazine a few times and, um yeah, just just had a really great experience mm. with that. It was scary as well. I mean, mm. I was literally cold calling up shops. You couldn't send emails or maybe you could. I didn't know yeah. how to do any of that. I was no. literally getting on the phone and calling stores around the country that I wanted to stock. That's amazing. That, was that in the 90s? <laughs> that was the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, well, late, email late wasn't 90s. really no. around then, mm. you know, which is yeah. hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Scary stuff. Ner- yeah. Very nerve So you made the product and then worked at selling it? I, yes, everything. Doing the costing. I mean, I had some experience with some of this stuff. Um, and, and yes, I made everything. The only thing I didn't do myself was um, washing of the fabric before I cut it up and the pressing. I managed to find someone to press everything for me, but I created everything the labels the the designs the packaging I did all the photography or the catalogs wow. the swatch cards um that's incredible the cold calling <laughs> how did you find time to oh, do it well, all? I was just doing that yeah. I think I knew maybe two people in Wellington besides my husband and um you just immersed for a while yourself. and then obviously we built a network but then I just really just immersed myself they were working in their corporate jobs and I was at home mm. tinkering around with fabric Amazing. and and, and did you and love it? I loved it. I really loved it. Yeah, I would have um, carried on, but we um, his job got transferred to Sydney. So I kind of felt like I had to call a call to make. So, I, you know, it's kind of like, do I, okay, you have a choice here. You can either 
carry on with this and it's actually starting to take off and I you know end up stocking seven um, stores around New Zealand by the end of the two years well done um thank you um but I also thought well hang on a second what sort of life well it will you know be become something but I'm young still this is crazy I've had like a bit of a you know there's been a bit of tragedy and I actually need to have some fun, actually. Mm. So let's just let's forget about all this for a while. So um, we moved to Sydney. I had shut everything down. I gave all my printing inks to the um, to the um, uh, uh, university and um, and just went over with the attitude of just let's see what happens. Let's go. Let's yeah. see what happens. Brilliant. Um, yeah. So that was, uh, we ended up there for um, almost 16 years. <laughs> Gosh, you wouldn't have imagined that. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. It often happens, doesn't it, that you end up staying? Yeah. yeah. So what happened after that? Did you create another business? Or uh, no, no. I went into um, retail in the end. The funny thing was, um, I think it's so dog eat dog in Sydney sometimes that everyone thought, knowing that I'd had a business, that I was coming to take their ideas and um, run away with them, <laughs> which really I was just about let's get a job and and just get in amongst it all so I end up in retail but that funnily enough it's funny how things just lead you down a path that ends up being um quite useful in your life and mm. it just you know um you just can't you may it may feel like trudgery at the time um or not. I mean, the aspects of it I love. We had complete creative freedom, um, Sonia, the other girl and there and I, because the um, the owners were at the other store over in another part of um, Sydney. And so we um, basically kind of, you know, merchandised the store. So we, you know, we just played. Mm. And um, what kind of store was that? It was a homeware store. So even though, you know, um, it may not have been my style of homewares, I mean, in your, early, you know, your 20s, do you really even have a style? But I guess it sort of um, it went back to my interest in, um, you know, architecture and design and that kind of came on quite strong. And being in Sydney too, um, there's a lot of that to see mm. and um, they do that really well. So... Um, from that, I uh, applied for a job at a um, Sheridan Australia in customer service since I had that kind of experience with the hope of going and in, maybe into the design, design department. Yeah. Um, and a few years later, ended up in visual merchandising, which I was equally happy with by that stage. And that was an incredible experience. Um, we did range launches, uh, photo shoots, managed, I think we had 50 retail stores around the country, 45 factory outlets, three concession stores. It was busy. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, that's um, huge, isn't it? Yeah, huge. And so, I mean, already, you know, you've, you'd already had so much experience with, with product. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, customer service and selling and merchandising, yeah. everything. And the textiles as well. Yeah. I actually know about textiles. That's and right. done the, the textile, uh, well, don't, haven't done fashion. Yeah. They spend a great deal of time in kind of the science of fabric. And mm. so to actually understand the composition of fabric, that was a real asset um, in the customer service department. Yeah. But also I was able to educate our, our staff on um, why different products do different things and, you know, how to you know, even down to how to iron in a particular fabric mm. for the bed or, you know, 
so how to good. best care for it. So yeah, yeah. so it was, it's just weird how your all your skills yeah. end up coming together. Brilliant career, mm. and you know it was just such a sort of interesting pathway, I guess. It was, yeah, unexpected. So I'm dying to hear what happened after that. Yeah, well then kids, yeah. <laughs> kids happened. Yeah, kids happened. Um, oh, we d- we did some crazy things. I think we bought our first house. Uh, got pregnant and quit my job all within the space of one month in that order. Wow. <laughs> it's a little bit nuts. Yeah. Um, but you do that, don't you, at that time of your you life? You do do that. Jump off the cliff, uh, yeah, see jump, what happens. Exactly, exactly. It's not a bad thing. No. And um, so, yeah, I just spent most of my time just being a mum. My creative outlet became um, the birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> so I was about OTT and the birthday cakes were a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Very eastern suburbs, uh-huh. Bondi, kind of uh, ridiculous things. But I did it all from scratch. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, That was uh, your creative Yeah, outlet. it was, learning along the way. There were a few disasters, but um, that was really fun. Um, and then creatively, yeah, uh, it's funny how life really does um, – push you into um, finding a way to deal with things. If you're a creative person, I think you can really use your – dive back into your creativity if you've maybe lost it for a while, um, if something happens. Um, So um, we were away on holiday with my – at the time, I think he was two, our son and um, Ollie, and uh, he was a rambunctious little little guy – um, we were staying in a in a kind of 1970s building up the coast, and I kind of we were high up. You know, you book these this accommodation, you never quite know what you're going to get, especially with little ones. It's quite tricky. And I remember at the time thinking that the windows in the bedrooms weren't particularly safe, and so we'd put him in in, in a different bedroom from the one that was really not going to be good for him. And um, yeah, I remember just uh, reading, sitting there going, oh, we can finally relax, put him down for sleep. And I just kind of had this jolt. I looked up from my magazine and my husband Jared's like, what, what? And I just ran, sprinted, not to the room where he was asleep, but to the other room with the unsafe window. And um, <laughs> I got in there just as he was reaching back to push for the second time. Basically, he'd slid this window open there was no catch on it at all and there was a um, mosquito screen and then that was it and the mosquito screen I, as a you know mum paranoid checked it all out it was literally not attached it was just you know if you leant on it the whole thing was gonna fall um, 10, 10 um, stories down to the ground so he was leaning back about to push on this mosquito screen oh my you goodness know. So um, oh, that must have been absolutely that was just terrifying, horrendously. Oh, I've got oh, goosebumps just yeah. hearing that story. That's every parent's nightmare, absolutely, I mean, and is. so easily can happen. Oh my gosh! If I, you know, like one second later, God. But you, uh, you saved him. <sighs> yeah, I just think you've got to trust your instincts as as a. As a parent and as a human being, really, um, mm. we do have this sense, and um, you know, your gut reaction to something is often not always, but often right. Um, yeah, especially that mother instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got home, and um, yeah, I hadn't painted since, gosh, 
Sheridan had been <laughs> such a big job. So really I hadn't painted, I don't think, since um, I had a little dabble while I was pregnant and that was it. And I was like, I need to buy a canvas. I need to I need to express this, this whew, sense mm. of luck and, um, you know, also previous tragedy too so you know just like I need to express something of Mm. what's just happened and what's been before yeah Um, and I think that often happens doesn't it when you have a tragic event or a traumatic moment it also takes you back to other traumatic times in your life yeah it really does and it makes you realize that you know that whole sort of post-traumatic stress disorder and you know that sort of feeling that people have is it, it is actually always there yeah and I think it's always there for your whole life yeah and sometimes it just takes one event to bring a yeah. lot of that back yeah that's right and yeah. I think like I'm so glad we talk about these things now and it's recognized and it's real you know you don't have to pretend that you don't have mm. we all have that we you can't go through life without having some bad bad stuff happen yeah yeah that's part of life that is yeah Yeah. and everybody has their sad stories sadly you know it is part of life and I guess you just have to take the positives yeah out of that which can be hard yeah yeah Mm. that's right so how did you express and sort of process this experience through your art yeah well I painted a a not very good um portrait of Ollie and didn't really know how to go about it so I just kind of pieced him together with um, you know, uh, it was slightly abstract. <laughs> um, just kind of tried to bring in things that he was into. Really, um, he's a, a maths guy, so there were you know literally numbers in the painting, and and our house was in there, and and his him being happy on a swing, um, and that was it. It was big, and I felt better. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. Yeah. And have yeah. you still got that painting? I have actually, yeah. At home. Um, yeah, and it just also just started me on that road again. Wow. Super lucky to live where we lived and um, have the Waverley Willara Art Centre just up the road. Uh, so just kind of jumped into quite a few different courses over the next few years mm. with some just incredible artists, Australian renowned artists um, who teach too. So um, it was fantastic. So, yeah, that's where I got, really got. I really did feel a, um, a want to do some portraiture work. Um, so I did some courses there and um, found oil paint. <laughs> really? Which was um, just a bit of a revelation, really, especially in terms of portraiture. Mm. And have you always used oil since? Uh, I use acrylic. It's kind of a case of um, immediacy, I guess. Um, it depends on the season. Obviously, you know, things dry quicker in summer. And also it depends what work I've got on and what deadlines I've got now mm. in terms of my art as to what mediums I can use. Um, I absolutely love oil paints for portraiture. Um and I would like to use it more for for my other work, but it it doesn't always happen. Mm. <laughs> I'm always planned to go into the year with um, extra time to be able to just create in whatever medium I want. But 
uh, life happens. <laughs> yeah. But do you still enjoy working with acrylics? Yeah, I do. Very much. Very much. There's so many incredible mediums out there now mm. that you can actually do a lot more than um, in the early days. Yeah. It's quite different, isn't it? Lots of That's amazing products. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So from, from the portrait of Ollie, what happened then? Yeah, it was just really random. I didn't really have a direction at all. I was more kind of like it would be someone's birthday. <laughs> so I would kind of go, oh, I'm going to do them a painting. So, um, yeah, that, it was between trying a bit of abstract geometric work and um, there were always a lot of um, frangipanis in, in Bondi Beach, um, beautiful aromatic mm. um, flowers which I was kind of obsessed with yeah, so they often love featured those flowers. they're so beautiful <laughs> they're I just, love that scent oh the scent it's like my favorite scent it's in the world just makes you feel like you're on holiday yeah and they're just kind of architectural um so I painted them a lot and yeah it was just um just mucking around really and then uh, one of my best friends who, in fact, we went to play centre <laughs> together in Tadarangi and our parents became friends. Um, my darling friend Kate, who still lives in Sydney, um, we ended up living on the same street. Wow. We found each How other amazing. around. I know. So we, good. Yep. We travelled together and then eventually she man, I managed to get her to move into um, away from England and um, come on down um, to Sydney and um, eventually her and her partner Alex moved into the same street and it was her 40th and so I decided that I was going to, um, and knowing her parents very well, um, I asked, had asked them previously just because I needed some subjects to sit for me. So I had photos of her parents and I decided I was going to paint a, um, a painting for her for her 40th of her dad. How yeah. incredible. Yeah, and I, well, I just do this. I set myself these enormous goals. I had no clue whether I had the capability to paint this portrait. Um, it was still wet. <laughs> I finished it the afternoon of her party. Took it down the road. My husband, Jared, he carried the easel and um, we kind of flicked it around and I gave a little impromptu speech because, you know, it's my, you know, one of my best friends in yeah, the world. We've known yeah. each other forever. How special. Wanted to say something and then flick this painting around and, yeah, this, the response was amazing and it kind of made me, you know, think maybe I mm. want to do more with it mm. I had such an amazing response from mm. that and I just um you know for until, until we moved back I think it was oh maybe three years later we moved back to Auckland but every time I would walk into her lounge and see it I'd feel connected to him and to her obviously but also I was like I painted that mm. I couldn't kind of I was kind of stunned. You know, sometimes I don't think you see yourself, others, other other people see you. Mm. And I didn't kind of, I don't know, I find I still find an artist friend commented the other day on one of my paintings on Instagram and I I said to her, well, it's great, thank you. I do, it's one of my favourite paintings too, but I don't know how I'm going to do the next one. <laughs> mm, yeah, somebody talked about that in, uh, I think it was Gay in one of the podcasts, that sort of feeling like you've done your best painting and where do you go from here? Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. no idea. <laughs> but, I mean, it is, it's such a privilege, isn't it, as an artist to create something for someone like that. Oh, yes. And um, especially a portrait. I mean, it is such a personal 
thing. It, it really it? is. On so many levels. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So were you thinking at that point, right, I'm going to be an artist or I am an artist or I want to be a portrait painter or what were you yeah, thinking? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had funny little things happen. Like um, I had a friend down the road, um, Jane, uh, we had a lovely street and she had been a lawyer and then she had been a writer and, and now she's now still to this day, she's a musician. And she said to me one day, she kind of literally pulled me aside as we were chatting. She goes, no, stop this, stop this. You are an artist. You are already an artist. You know, I was kind of dabbling and, you know, and you do say it, I'm, I'm an artist. <laughs> you know, she's like, no, no, you're not trying. You're not, you know, stop it. You are. Mm. You are. Mm. Just get on with it now. Yeah, which is great yeah, to be told that. that. Really, and it is so fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? The way that that title is a tricky one for it so is many a people. Tricky one, which is weird. It's like you know, if you're a builder, nobody's like, "Oh, I can't say no, I'm a builder." No, that's you know, right. I mean, what's the difference? Yeah, that's it. It's and what just what you do. It. Yeah, yeah, and it's like so. I think New Zealand is so. I don't know. I don't. Not that I would say. You know, I'm highly successful, but people are, um, you know, we're so um, modest mm. and um, humble, which mm. is a wonderful thing. But we also, we can't even call ourselves what we are because we're too humble. Mm. I wonder it. if other countries actually, people yeah. in other countries actually have this attitude. No, they don't. I don't I think mean, they would in America. Australia, no, and no. Australia is so different. It's um, funny, isn't They it? really just... Yeah, they get on with it, mm. and they they're just um, really confident and proud. Mm. And I think we can learn from that a little bit. Yeah. So all to all you listeners, you know, <laughs> a shout out to all of us people making stuff. We are artists, and it's okay to call yourself that. Well, for Do the it. New Ze- for the New Zealand <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it interesting? Yeah. So at that point, Sarah, were you exhibiting or or planning to exhibit? Oh, God, no. <laughs> You weren't fitting up to <laughs> no that way. at that point. No, no, I was just trying it out, <laughs> putting yeah. the hat on, you yeah. know. Mm. Um, it wasn't really for anybody else. It was like a pipe dream, mm. really. Um, by then I was in my 40s. We um, we were we decided to move back to New Zealand in the end for the kids. We had two by that stage. And oh, I think that was the catalyst, really. I actually just went, oh, my gosh, you're how old? I don't know. How old was I? 42 or something and what are you doing <laughs> what are you getting on with you know you um as a creative sometimes you're a jack of all trades and you just feel like you've kind of slid into this or slid into that mm. and you know um it's not necessarily very well paid many of those jobs and um yeah so I just felt that I I guess a little bit like when we moved to Wellington, I was like, right, um, <laughs> let's get on with something. And I thought, you know, I said to my husband, okay, well, I need an art studio. If we're moving back to New Zealand, I need to at least try this out, you know, and just an art studio at home. Um, seven years later, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, I thought it will happen now. We are renovating, so I will get that home. Um, but my intention was set and I think that is a large part of it. You need to sign yourself up to something just for you mm. as a creative. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. Mm. Have a few goals. Mm. 
yeah, and just get that direction, I guess, to where where you want to be. Yeah, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And then um, a few years ago, um, one of our children um, was at uh, one of our local schools um, in Devonport, and they were having they have they were actually the first school. It's uh, the Vauxhall Road uh, Vauxhalls. What am I saying? It's the Vauxhall School Art Show. They call it VIFA. It was the first mm. one in New Zealand. Um, they asked if I, knowing I was, you know, dabbled, they asked if I would like to submit something since I was a parent. And um, I put two paintings in uh, into that, which both subsequently sold. One at the exhibition, one a little bit later. Um, so I kind of went, okay, mm. okay. I'm part of this in some way, or I'll try and be, <laughs> scramble um, to be part of this because this is quite cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I think it was um, 2019 um, at, yo- at yoga with Cheryl Fathering at the yoga studio in Devonport. She said, why don't you um, have an exhibition here? <laughs> I scrambled up off the mat and I'm going, what, Really? And she's like, no, I'm serious. You can have an exhibition here. Look at these white walls. So I had to sit on that for a couple of months. And then I shyly came back to her and said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Good on you. Uh, And then, which seems to be my habit, I kind of went, right, Mm. (laughs) I've got to have something to show. Mm. You know, this is my new local community. Um, I need to do this right. And something to aim for Something to aim for, do it professionally. Um, So, you know, in in the end, you know, we had FPOS and I (laughs) had two of our babysitters come in and serve drinks and um, on the opening night and – yeah, it was amazing. I was absolutely thrilled. Oh, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and it was successful. Yeah, it was successful. I think I sold seven paintings out of 12 or nine or something on opening night. And oh, wow. um, we lost um, we lost half the exhibition to the, uh, one of the co- – oh, I think – oh, gosh, who loses yeah. the second yeah. uh, lockdown. Um, but even so, I just was on com- – you know, cloud nine. Yeah, there you nine. were. That's so good. Yeah. And so, did, how did you actually get your head around preparing for a sh- for your first show when you yeah. were really just kind of gathering, gaining momentum yeah. with your with yeah. your practice? I know. Um, I mean, I had a couple of paintings that I'd done since I'd got back. Um, I'd done some classes at Whitecliff and night classes, and uh, I just launched into. Well, I was just really enjoying still life paintings. So, and having, you know, done a bit of photography, I'd, um, you know, that wasn't hard to kind of, I mean, I was used to setting up vignettes or, mm. you know, um, interior, uh, well, I did some interior design work in Sydney. So, mm. and even um, just going back to your homewares retail. Yeah, days. that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, always taking, um, when I did my interior design work, I took my own photographs as well. So, I yeah I just was used to setting things up so I just kind of went about taking some photographs printing these photos and um, just working from the photographs large scale photographs um, and just started painting painting yeah <laughs> incredible and did you have portraits and still life in uh, that one no and that one I didn't I just um, you know sometimes portraits are really 
personal unless they're abstract, a little bit more abstracted. So I would actually like to really, really get into some more portraiture and actually from a more community-minded memory uh, kind of thought mm. pattern. Archiving almost. Yes, that's right. Documenting yeah. social yeah, doc- history. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I love yes. that. Especially from my childhood as well, mm. and not just my childhood, but a shared childhood from my generation mm. um, because it's so different to the kids now. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the things going forward I'm looking to do. Mm. So was it mostly still life? It was, and a few time. landscapes. Yeah. 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 So um, just, you know, talking about your practice as a whole, mm. you obviously, uh, you're painting, it's all painting, and there's portraiture landscapes, still life, which often has some form of nature, like flowers yes. in it and other sort of objects. Um, And then sometimes it's just flowers that you're painting. So how would you describe your painting practice? Yeah, well, it's, I think the painting came first and then the ideas came after that. When I was looking at doing the solo exhibition, which I um, really naturally came to me, I called it Contained, because I'd painted through the first lockdown (laughs) and um, that was actually really, it was busy obviously with the homeschooling and everything. Um, But I'd already decided I was going to put that time aside for me. And, excuse me, um, all of us going into our our homes and having to stay in our homes and, and, you know, there was a lot of fear. We didn't know how we were going to get COVID, you know, if you're walking on the street without a mask, you're going to get COVID. So much unknown. We're all shrinking back into our um, cocoons, really, in a sense. And um, But I found that really cathartic. Um, so I think, um, you know, doing that collectively really helped inspire my work I, I even though it was just still life, it kind of wasn't. I was looking at vessels almost as if they're us. So they were containers <laughs> holding water and flowers. But to me, when I look at a, um, a vase of flowers and I see the stems and the water, um, I see so much in that. There's, you know, uh, when I take my photographs, I'm really particular about the light, whether it's Well, often I shoot late afternoon because I just love um, either completely composing my lighting or we, our kitchen faces west and I get this lovely long stream of light coming through and I often take these photos on the kitchen bench and then I've got the reflections and I've got long shadows. Um, It just kind of relates to people as well. We we were all... um, we had to be uh, subdued and um, really go back into ourselves and, you know, you had a lot of free time. So, you know, how are you going to use that time and, you know, being constructive and just kind of thinking also like this is life and death stuff too and that coming up again and then going what's important and life is short um, so all of that stuff kind of came into it. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I guess you were, like you always do or always have, you were using your art practice to process I was. some other stuff. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, 
like a lot of the I can't remember the names of the paintings off the top of my head, but you can see a few of them on my website. Um, you know, things like family gathering and oh, what else was there? Um, well, there's a, a new one actually. <laughs> we, I guess we could talk about that. Yes. Um, relates to all this. Um, I did a, a series. Well, I'll talk about this particular painting maybe. Yeah. Um, it's called Ode, and um, I was searching for a name, and that just that just was the right name in the end. So uh, this particular painting is a still life. In fact, we just had a call. We just yes. Had a text, didn't we? Just yes, we did. Just up from Tarot Gallery <laughs> to tell me this morning it is sold. So the strangest little, I wouldn't call it a coincidence, mm. I'd call it. Serendipity. Yeah, serendipity. Yeah, because we were just talking about it as, because I said to Sarah, this was my favourite one of yours because it's, well, I just absolutely love it. And I said, I'd love to own it. And then like within <laughs> 10 minutes, Got the text to say it had been sold at, at your gallery. So, yeah, yeah congratulations yeah, on you. that. Thank you so much. Yeah, so tell us about that one. Yeah, um, I'm thrilled it's sold. But I'm also um, a little bit sad because this, um, it's called Ode because it's an ode to my mum. And um, I went to Brown School of Art last year. Um, I went to year three with um, Catherine Stevens and Matthew Brown. And it was just absolutely fantastic. Um, that year is all about exploring your ideas and it's really about pushing your practice rather than what you're actually generating, although that's important too. Um, great group of like-minded artists. And um, I really wanted to delve back into, I still wanted to work with a still life, but also incorporate, uh, just think about a bit more deeply about incorporating those ideas of um, family connection and um, our formative years and what from that propels us forward. Um, you know, like in a way, um, trying to bring in um, paying respect to the people that have come before us, whether it's our parents or our grandparents, we may not have met them, but just what, what comes before, what makes you into you, you know, um, and whether it be memories of, you know, swimming holes and holidays, um, you know, biking and boating, um, you know, and memories created and shared, or or whether it's um, objects, you know, things that you have of your parents uh, that bring back a certain memory when you, you see them or touch them in your home and, you know, celebrating that. Um, so this painting even though it's a still life, there's lots about it that really is to do with my family upbringing. Um, my mum was, she really didn't get to live her full creative life, I don't think, but she did everything she could. They they built their own home like in the late 1960s, a beautiful kind of Frank Lloyd Wright-inspired house wow. with just, you know, light coming in the way, you know, they really thought about the light and the layout. And then she filled this home with obviously this beautiful pottery that they would save up for mm. um and and um we had cowdy trees on our land and so you know um she would be gathering you know off the floor under these curry trees so in this painting I've got stems um slightly abstracted in the back of this painting of um cowdy um stems and just she would there were always um you know vignettes around the mm. house 
house, um, uh, you know, things, often dried things that she'd just found on the ground or maybe incorporating that with some flowers if, you know, it wasn't kind of the thing in the 70s to go and buy flowers but maybe someone had given them to her and there was always a vase full of things and mm. beautiful light coming through the trees or rain <laughs> as the case may be in Titarangi. Um you know, so I just kind of wanted to work with that. So I did a, a series of um, portraits and still lifes for this for this um, end of year exhibition at the end of year three last year, just really tying it all together. Um, and yeah, and all of that exhibition was was not all about your mum. Or was it that particular um, piece ode? Ode was, or was it all coming from those ideas? It, just coming from those ideas. Yeah. I I did a couple of I did a um couple of portraits of my kids as well and um just I mean quite directly expressing, you know, my love for them obviously, but that was kind of the starting point and then mm. I wanted to delve back into doing some more portraiture work, but also just portraits on the landscape and um, faded. You know how, you know, old photos, the colour was just coming in in the 70s, so it was kind of either garish or, you know, if we've still got these photos and they haven't been stored very well, it's kind of faded out. Yeah, and quite sort of pinky. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. So I'd love to um, continue. Mm. I'm going to continue that series, but I'm really also – on the hunt for, um, I just want to do it as a kind of collective community thing as well, just whether people, um, you know, they're done as commissions or not, but just as a, just a, a, a series of community memories, really, mm, yeah. <clears throat> of that time. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Yeah. And um, when you think about your painting, um, and even thinking particularly about that um, ode painting, how would you describe the way you paint? Ah, well, people have described my work as expressionist. I kind of delve in and out between slightly abstract and really detailed. I, when I, um, I tend to stand while I paint, but then near the end I often sit down. I find that I need to standing kind of makes me impatient and that's where I like to do the big stuff if I have to do a small work I I sit um obviously use smaller brushes um but I just find it it really um kind of centers me down into that detail as Mm, well mm. uh so yeah I love to I love doing the the ground um we're experimenting at the moment with um rather than just one colour, like actually um, bringing uh, different shades in and also, again, reference back to my childhood. And as my dad would have put it, often did put it, um, we lived in the dripping green hills of Titarangi. Mm. (laughs) And so um, even kind of incorporating that memory into my backgrounds, just actually running drips through the backgrounds and also um, bringing them into the, even into the foreground with some of the work now, um, almost as a way of, like a symbol of, um, you could see it as a symbol of loss, but I see it more as a, um, I'm taking the time, I'm watching the drips where they go. Sometimes I'm manipulating them, but in a kind of, they're leading the way, but I'm, Maneuvering them, I don't know. I find it almost like being on a road trip with my dad again, mm. you know, and just watching this these drips coming down. 
you know? so beautiful. Mm. And they really add something interesting to your paintings. I mean, they're not not every painting has no, them, no. It's a more recent thing. Yeah, um, but it's really beautiful. Yeah, I'm quite. Cons- they're not. They're not. Um, even though I let them do their thing, they're quite considered. Mm. Um, and they also. Um, I'm thinking more. I do go into a painting thinking about and I guess it comes back into you know my background um the composition and so that they're all part of that I yeah kind yeah. of I have done a, a few things lately just where I'm just let's try this out but in the whole I'm thinking mm. ahead of time about where these the placement the placement yeah would be. and the way that you you know in those still lives still lives um, <laughs> excuse my squeaky chair um you know, the way that you paint like the table under the pieces and the, the wallpaper or the wall or whatever's behind the the arrangement is really rich and beautiful oh, and, and you. your use of colour is just divine. <laughs> and, you know, it, that is quite abstract and you. and you can see the expressionist yeah. kind of feel. But And then even your, your actual still life, even though you're – reproducing an actual thing it still has that abstract feel although you know what it is in parts it feels a bit sort of looser I guess yeah that's right and I I think also having the a great love of textiles that my mum was a complete suitcase fabric hoarder also (laughs) um oh my goodness I just I collect fabrics and I don't do anything with them but I know they're there and I pull them out and yeah. I play with them and now they I, I it's just interesting that I haven't used so many of these pieces that I've collected from her or from um they haven't had an amazing archive at AUT which we were allowed to you know take some of these things here dig in take wow. what you want amazing and then from around you know in my travels around um, the world I collected fabrics and I just um the funny thing is now I can use them in my paintings mm. whether it be collage which I haven't tried recently um, I used to do that a bit or whether it's actually they will actually be in the paintings like whether they be the the backdrop or yeah. whether they be on the table how amazing um and actually that's a bit of a homage again yeah. to you know my connection totally yeah and how beautiful that there's so many connections to your mum and your dad mm. and then also to your career in textile and yes. that kind of thing and i guess it's probably like a sort of osmosis thing where you've seen those fabrics they're in your head somewhere and they kind of come out in different yeah. ways yeah, yeah that's right that's right even if it's just like a little pop of a mm. color against another color or a little pattern idea yeah, that's definitely. inspired something else yeah absolutely. and would you say your work is is painterly yes i'd say it's painterly yeah <laughs> i do like a bit of texture yeah and so you can really you can see that sort of richness and, and sort of thickness and texture yeah, yeah. of the paint yeah and um i'm also really i don't know if it's common practice but I do really like to play with um matte and um textured and shiny finishes mm. in different in one painting um using mediums using mediums um yeah I've just I'm working on one at the moment where I've actually gone back over the top and made the the shadows matte and nice. they, they have um it's got a uh life of its own like that mm, yeah I because love that can, idea mm, it's a bit of a glaze and so you can see what's come before it through it mm. but it's it's had this mat put Beautiful. on top so it's a bit more uh interesting mm. hopefully 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's very rich and, and textural sort of across the board, isn't it? Yeah. And how would you describe your colour palette? I love colour. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Right from, obviously, early days, my parents loved to collect, obviously, as you know, pottery and a bit of art, and um, they're a bit eclectic. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. I I just love colour. I can't – I find it hard not to um, bring all the colours into mm, every painting. Mm. Um I'm trying to be more considerate about it now. Um, Why? Uh, well, I guess just from a from the commercial standpoint, when I've got deadlines for exhibitions, and I do want to sell work now. You know, it's not just for me. It, it's um, I I love getting out and meeting people that. Uh, and so, you know, it sounds it's a kind of a key thing to, I guess, say this. But, you know, like that my work is in, interesting to other people, and I I feel um, shy about that. But I'm also I'm like, wow, wow really? <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I still feel like that. Really? And I love I love that though. And you still get I, I just get an absolute buzz mm. when people are excited by my work mm. and that I get to create, and that's what I have to do now. I cannot. Um, be creative as a as a person. Um, it's just absolute necessity. That's you. Yeah. You know, like some people go for a run. Um, and I have to paint, or I have to do something creative. Mm. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, you say that you get such a buzz out of people responding in that way, but people over, you know, overall are incredibly um you know, connecting so positively to your work and it's selling really well. And, you know, it's crazy that you, you're 49, you did that course last year, wasn't it? Or 2020, uh, 20, 20, last year. Which course? At oh, uh, yes. the Brown, oh, yes. Brown School yes, of Brown. Art. Yes, yes. So, you know, you put yourself into that. That Was yeah. was that one day a week? It was, yeah. yes. And so you decided to really commit in that way. I did. And then, um, you know, you've had work in art in the park and you now are with Turo Gallery yes. in St. Helier's. Yes. And, you know, over a really short space yes. of time. It's been bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre. It all kind of happened all at once. Um, I really just wanted to immerse myself and so um, interviewed Brown and got into that course and uh, kind of all within the same period of time I'd made a, a you know, connection with um, Turo Gallery um, because of my solo show that was about to happen. Um, and they liked my work and so took me on too. And Art in the Park happened from that mm. um, so quickly. Like if I hadn't have been at Turo Gallery that week, the first week I went in, um, when um, Carrie and Sophia were looking for work for Art in the Park for the first one that happened last year, um, I wouldn't have been in Art in the Park. No, which and, is amazing. Yeah, amazing. And then, um, and if you hadn't had your solo show, which you yeah, did at the I yoga know, studio, you wouldn't have yes, you know yes, met the people from the absolutely. gallery. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes you know people have said that before. You've just got to kind of get out there and get your work out there yeah, and get yeah. it seen. It's a bit of a leap, and then that can be the beginning of a <laughs> yeah, whole new journey. That's right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but you know, congratulations Thank because you. you've achieved so much, and you your work is just selling like. <laughs> 
like hotcakes. Thank no, you. <laughs> really, and especially that beautiful ode painting, which <laughs> I love so much. And only just sold this morning. So, yes, yeah. Yes. And uh, just going back to your painting, there's mm. that gorgeous landscape painting called mm. Oasis. Mm. Can you tell us about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, yet again, I guess something, you know, happens and um, I just I just use a, a place or a time or a, a thought, but it might be something, you know, I just needed a, a break really. And I went back to Sydney and saw my girlfriends. It was just a, a me trip. And um, a friend had recommended to go out to Billabong Retreat just uh, out northwest from um, Sydney. And I just had three divine days out there by myself. And um, oh, goodness, they have their own gardens. They grow, with, you know, it's just all organic, local, local eggs, um, you know, and just the surrounds were created um, by this family who was super passionate and just saw this space and created this um, oasis for, for people to come to and just feel nurtured and um, regroup within themselves. So, um, yeah, that painting is the second one I've done of um, Billabong Retreat and it won't be the last. And, um, yeah, I'm I, that painting just happened it happened very quickly and it was finished very quickly mm. because it just needed to be done <laughs> mm. and did you take a photo and and yeah. paint from the photo uh yes yes I took lots of photos while mm. I was painted and I painted from the photo yeah and that's got a real sort of sense of blue yes color wise yeah. and then that reflection you were talking about has come through again yes yes yeah, yeah. I love yeah just reflections and light mm. um yeah, and the patterns that they create. Yeah, it's so beautiful, mm. that painting. Thank you. And that means a lot to you, obviously. I mean, you can see that all the work that you do is, yeah. is deeply personal. Yeah, it is. It is. And I hope, though, that, um, you know, I'm quite, I wear my heart on my sleeve, but my experience has been uh, if you do that, you just have a deeper connection with people. And if you don't, well, that's fine too. They're not in that place, but um, you get to have deeper relationships with people and I think as our experience life is short and might as well just live the fullness of it you mm. know all the emotions of it mm. you know it's there whether you whether you embrace your emotions or not they're there you can try and bury them but they'll come up yeah so you might as well just get on with it yeah and if you can find something like um creativity yeah, to help you exactly. along the way yeah. help you get through the the tricky yes. journey of life yes that's a good thing yeah well um oh yeah it's so it's so inspiring and um you know people can see images of of your work on your blog post which would be nice to actually see what we're talking about um you also take photographs at times of interior design and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um can you just tell us very yeah, briefly about yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean I'm always making my husband stop the car and, and if we go on any trips <laughs> race out along the bridge, you know, but um yeah, I've been working um in the last couple of years just building a um interior design photography practice. Um Cheltenham Road Collective is a local um interior design practice practice two lovely ladies there Hayley and Emma um we've been working alongside each other while we've been fledgling companies and um 
yeah, I just, you know, it, it goes back through all my experiences. It, bring, it ties that all together as well. Mm. So I've really um, been enjoying, you know, getting that rolling and um, and hopefully doing some good work. So, yeah, no, I really enjoy that, that side of things too. And also I think, um, you know, it can be, a little bit isolating painting. Um, often we're in our in our. Well, I'm at my kitchen bench at the moment. Um, you know, uh, painting all day. So it's great to get out and do something a bit different. Yeah. And I've always loved graphic design. So I love to get on the computer and um, you know muck around with the images and edit them and mm. um, just be a bit more. Um, sociable and 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 get into beautiful interiors yeah and just do something a bit different Mm. but it's so connected again isn't it it to what you've done it is all the things you've done and then I guess informs your your painting also yes in some way yes so um tell us about your studio I know you have a a group studio which I would love yes yeah how does that work yeah very very lucky to have jumped on that um yes so I'm part of studio six which is a group at the moment it's a group of six ladies um at a space in Queen Street in Auckland and it's a beautiful old building the um Sunday School Union building it's decrepit and fantastic Mm. (laughs) it's like an old art school (laughs) really wide beautiful staircases and um soaring old wrought iron windows oh my god um at the top of yeah just up from the town hall yeah 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 um so really lovely and close to the art gallery as Mm. well um and it's a very productive space everyone in there is just doing incredible work Mandy, Karen, Robin, Gemma, Carol and Michelle and um, they're all doing quite different, uh, all painters but um, all doing quite different work but it's just such a buzz especially when, um, you know, we've mostly got our AirPods in, um, you know, after the initial catch up but it's just lovely to um, have a space with other creatives. Mm, I can um, imagine. Yeah. And how do you find travelling in to town yeah I'm kind of used to it now I just kind of it the spot came up and so I just jumped on it um and then I just thought I'll just deal with the travel later mm. or, or you know but um I'm good kind of thinking time it. I guess yeah good thinking time I always put on an art podcast <laughs> <laughs> creative matters or something so <laughs> on the way in and um it's just uh it's that transition I guess from home life and yeah um, that kind of craziness to you know the creative craziness so mm. it's yeah, yeah. It's, in some ways that, that travel can be a nice kind of transition transition hey? yeah. from the craziness to the mm. art craziness mm. exactly yeah oh that sounds brilliant mm. amazing mm. and um what does your average day look like how do you work oh, your week goodness. yeah it's tricky um i'm going back to brown this term to do a um a painting i may just be called the painting sessions or something with Matthew Brown um the owner there um he's an amazingly um uh, gifted artist but also an amazingly um generous um tutor and so I'll I will go back in there so that will cover me for Monday afternoons mm. because otherwise the week gets away I love painting on a Friday that's definitely a painting day and I try to slip in another day somewhere in the week it really just depends on what's going on mm. so you're going back to Browns so you have that sort of definite painting exactly day. yes yeah, yes it's a, brilliant. a one to four and um, it just means that it's it's you know I'm locking myself in mm. um, to dedicate that time yeah to it's it a good because, way to do it yeah otherwise the week just slips away yeah. um, I get into the studio I'd say 
one day a week and I try to make it a long day, um, long school day or mm. longer if I can if, if my husband's working from home. Um, and then when I'm really in exhibition mode, I'm in um, there at the weekends as well or painting madly till the sun goes down at home. <laughs> I've learnt now not to paint at night. I'm hoping maybe when we, once we do get this reno done and I have my studio, I will actually research how to um, have some lights mm. that will be suitable for night painting but I found it was just all turning to a various shades of brown yeah and you get up in the morning and you oh think oh God. hello where did you come from yeah. <laughs> naughty little painting naughty. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's funny um and which artists are there any particular artists who inspire oh, you oh my goodness yes there are um i am drawn i am drawn to color um and i'm drawn to a lot of australian artists because of that really um so i particularly love the work of uh laura jones sam michelle robert Melherb. Um, and Richard Claremont and then um, I really love our New Zealand artist Henrietta Harris her portraits are incredible um, American uh, Lisa Golightly Ray Turner um, Hung Louie um, Daniel Frecker um, Ewan Aglo uh, gosh Alice Neal Van Gogh Mm. This list goes on. That's a good list. That is one of our best lists ever. <laughs> I think that we could maybe put those at the yeah, bottom of sure, your blog post and, and maybe put the links to the website yeah, so no we can problem. have a look. Yeah, because I haven't heard of some of those people. Mm. I'd love to have a look. Mm. Yeah, brilliant. And I'm um, just finishing up. Mm. Um, what do you think you would say to people who are – sort of part way through or beginning their creative journey or perhaps needing to do something creative to work their way through something that's been challenging yeah look I um even now um I did an online class recently and the tutor said one in three is awesome if you can do one in three I don't know sewing projects paintings drawings it's a craft, um, jumpers, um, whatever you whatever you're putting your creativity into, and you're happy with it. That's a good outcome. So it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of exploring, and I think as artists we're often perfectionists, and it's the worst craft to have that trait because um, there's so much background to each finished piece if a piece is ever finished and that is another whole conversation mm. um so I just think just and you don't need to show anybody like it just should be for you as a starting point so just create just do it mm. very good advice yeah <laughs> Well, Sarah, we're going to finish off, but thank you very, very much for coming all the way up to Muriwai via Hobsonville Point, <laughs> which was a little bit of a problem with your map. Google. Google. Detour. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's been so nice to meet you, and your work is, I find, very inspiring, and I can't wait to check out these other artists that inspire you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Mandy, and thank you. I just want to say thank you for all that you do for all of us, too, and this creative community community you're building and really happy to be here today and to be amongst it all and so thank you.